Shane Gilkelly. And I'm Kyle Thompson. And you're listening to General Intellect Unit. And this time we are talking about a game that was released like last month, like uh, August of this year, uh, called Eliza. Um, and it's real good. <laughs> this is uh, this is actually pretty incredible. I, I had never played one of these kind of um, uh, clicky-talky sort of what, visual novel. Is that what the genre is called? <laughs> is that what the kids are calling these these days? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The old clicky talky. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's a visual novel. Um, uh, a little bit different from many of the visual novels out there uh, because it's um, it's quite restrained in the way that it uh, introduces uh, choice and branching pathways into the game, um, but. Uh, when it does introduce choice into the game, it's it's very considered in how it does it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I can tell, there there really isn't much in the way of like meaningful choice. At, at least I, I didn't detect any kind of branching paths that would, except for like choosing the ending, I guess. Yeah, basically the ending, and then uh, the way that it it sort of does the typical visual novel thing of like creating an illusion of choice by giving you different responses. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, it does, it does interesting things with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, those were hilarious. Cause like the, the, the main characters, uh, the, their dialogue is great, but the, the, their, um, the dialogue choices, right. The responses are all kind of variations on the same kind of non-committal hmm noise or yeah, I guess so. Sure. You know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And even, even when, when you get them to like refuse, uh, or something, it's, it's a very kind of non-refusal. It's like, Oh, I don't know about that. And then the other character talks them into it anyway. Um, so I thought that was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, very definitely. much, very much uh, putting a lot of work into that the the uh, the smoke and mirrors, right, to make um, make choice seem like it's a huge part of it. Um, it's all, almost like it's uh, commenting on itself. Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so what's 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 this one all about? What's the, what's the gist here? Uh, yeah, so this is a uh, game set in the near future. Uh, in Seattle, uh, it, it uh, principally takes place in the Queen Anne uh, area of Seattle, uh, so near where the uh, Sky Needle is, uh, that sort of downtown area of Seattle. Um, and it is uh, a visual novel that uh, for, uh, follows the uh, story of, uh, what was her uh, last name? Uh, Evelyn Ishino Aubrey. Is that right? I'm not sure her last name ever came up in the uh, in the text for me, or at least I never noticed it. Oh, oh, really? I oh no, I, it, it I just de- don't recall. It, it, yeah, it definitely does come up. Um, yes. So uh, the the name of the main character is uh, Evelyn Ishino Aubrey. Um, so uh, she is uh, the child of. Um, a uh, international and intercultural relationship. Uh, I think her father was uh, Japanese and uh, left left when she was young. Um, and uh, Evelyn uh, is a sort of uh, superstar uh, software developer. She has an unusual talent, uh, an unusual creativity and capacity to develop uh, great software. And uh, 
she was involved in a project called uh, Eliza, which uh, is uh, based off of the original, uh, basically, chatbot uh, that was developed way back in the day. 1966. Um, yeah, 1966. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, essentially, uh, uh, the original Eliza was a kind of comedic parody of psychoanalysis of, of the talking method by just kind of uh, it, it was a it was a bot that would basically answer everything with a question in order to simulate a psychoanalyst uh, getting you to open up about uh, your uh, experience in yourself. Now, the Eliza in this game, uh, which is canonically also sort of connected to that, that historical Eliza, it was developed as a kind of uh, therapeutic technology, um, a, a counseling app of sorts. Um, and uh, Evelyn worked together with a, a team of people at a company called Skanda, um, and, uh, there was in particular, uh, project lead, um, what was his name? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. There was a project lead, Damien, uh, who was kind of like the, the core of the Eliza project, um, along with Ev Evelyn and, uh, uh, spoiler warnings here, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> this is a visual novel. Uh, if you do not, like, there's very little to talk about other than the the, the, the story of the game. So, uh, unfortunately, we will be spoiling this game. Um, I will say that, like, I think it's, um, it's a good story. It is six hours of clicky-talky. And if, if you don't think that you're going to actually sit through six hours of that maybe just listen to this episode. If you, if you do think you would like to actually experience it firsthand, probably pause this and, and go and play it, because it is, it is really good. Um, it's but, very, yeah. very well written. It, it's, it's very well written. It's very well voice acted. So, yes, yeah, so Damien uh, was the project lead, extremely hardworking, um, and basically overworked himself to death. Uh, and this was a traumatic event that uh, more or less caused the members of the original Eliza development group to scatter, um, and especially Evelyn uh, to uh, go into burnout and um, just extreme uh, depression, right? Uh, a, a, a huge depressive episode uh, that lasts a number of years, right? I think it's, it's three uh, years. Yeah. Three years, yeah. Um, and the game picks up uh, as Evelyn uh, finally begins to emerge from that uh, depressive episode and try to figure out what she's going to do with her life uh, after um, Eliza has kind of, without her input, uh, become a major uh, tech phenomenon. Uh, it's sort of proliferating across Seattle and presumably soon across the world. Um, and uh, how she's going to relate to the remaining members of that original project. 
Um, and each of these characters uh, is kind of a type. It's a it's it's a complex type. Like there there are things introduced by the uh, writer. Uh, yeah, so the writer Matt Burns sort of problematizes these characters uh, by introducing some interesting character traits to them that that make them different than just being purely a type. But each of them do represent a certain aspect of the tech industry or of life in a world dominated by the tech industry. Absolutely, right? yeah. So, yeah. If, 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 on the note of it being, yeah, a world dominated by the tech industry, this um, the, the, this thing looks very nice. It's a lovely painterly sort of style. Um, the aesthetic is very, like, it's reminiscent of the Deus Ex prequels. It's this kind of, like, warm, cold sort of aesthetic. Um, like, and again, Seattle, right? So it's... Um, uh, it's it's just got a lot of that and that kind of tech sheen going on. Um, it's a um, it's it's a sort of the beginnings of a sort of near future uh, techno nightmare <laughs> of of Landian proportions, as we will as we will discover in the plot, right? Yeah, it's you know uh, I think it's it's fair to say that like Seattle is already kind of a dystopia, <laughs> and absolutely like this this uh, this game doesn't pull any punches in bringing up those dystopian aspects of the city as it exists today. Uh, but there is a little bit of, yeah, as you said, a kind of near future tech sheen that's layered on top of that commentary on Seattle, the existing city. Um, yeah. That's great. Um, so we, uh, so, so much of the, the game is, is the, the interactions with the characters and filling in, even backfilling all that kind of, um, that detail um so we, we we join evelyn on the train to to work right and we're kind of sort of introduced to the inter user interface um there's a sort of ever-present like phone icon um a smartphone icon in the lower right uh, and the dialogue scrolls across the bottom you click to to advance that sort of thing um i was initially a little bit confused because the, the word continue and the phone are right beside each other so i thought it, i initially thought oh this is going to be like a sort of millennial shut-in nightmare where you you can only advance by like glancing at your phone to like check your Twitter feed. Uh, thankfully, that's not actually the case. They're they're two separate UI elements. Um, yes, but uh, she arrives at the at this office right of um, the Skanda offices um, and meets Ray, uh, who's her, her sort of manager or handler, um, and she's here for this 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 job of um, of being what's what's the term for it? a proxy in the counseling sessions. Um, and the idea here is that the Eliza software is more effective if it's delivered, if the lines are not spoken by like robot voice, but are spoken by a human who's like the, the proxy relay between the, the, um, the patient and, uh, and, the, and the AI. So it's basically she's being, she's going to be paid to sit there in this kind of gig economy, very kind of role, right? Like instead of, instead of, um, uh, going and picking up a, a five guys meal and hauling it across the city on a bike, her her gig economy thing is to sit there and have an AI feed the lines to her, and then she she just listens or just sits there and puts a human face on the whole process. So quite a quite disconcerting uh, initially. Uh, yeah, and um, the game really uses this premise to good effect, right? Like um, because the work that the proxy does is very similar to what you are doing as a player of a visual novel. Right, because uh, visual novels have extremely constrained choice uh, variety. Right, it's it's like almost zero, um, 
and uh, you as the player uh, click through each of the text sections. So your, your, your participation in the process is required, unlike in a, 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 like a TV show or something. Um, uh, but you aren't, um, you have, uh, basically the, the, the scope of your agency is just proceed or don't proceed, right? Like that's, that's basically what you have as a player of this game. Uh, for the most part. Um, and so this is very similar to the way that Eliza, the program, just feeds prompts to the proxy and then the proxy recites the prompt and then the conversation continues, right? It's, it's very like you are, you are driven by the machine uh, more so than you are driving the machine. Oh, totally, yeah. And it's, um, Ray makes this very clear, right? It's like, stick to the script, like, very strict labor discipline going on here. But even the way this is presented in the user interface when we get into the sessions is that, like, it's it's a VR headset sort of display. Um, and the... the so good. The, the Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's, it's so well designed. Yeah. Um, but the output from Eliza is kind of in the lower right-hand third of your vision, and then immediately below it is the same sentence, but as a clickable button, as, like, the the game interface. So it's just, it is just a one-to-one mirroring of the one and only option that you have in the conversation. Yeah. I've, I've heard it compared to the, um, uh, the test in, uh, Blade Runner, uh, Blade Runner 2049, is it? Yeah. 2049. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the, um, baseline test. Yes. The baseline test. I've heard it compared to, compared to the baseline test before. And it's that call and response, right? Sort of structure, right? Yeah. Like it's, um, yeah. It's pro- back and forth, right? Like, um, cells, they were all put together at a time cells and back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. This like, yeah, this, this, this interface is so fascinating because, um, essentially you're looking through like an AR visor, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's how this is presented. It's a Google Glass sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you can see uh, the, uh, like, sort of, like, text log um, of the pro- of Eliza's operation on the left side of the screen. Uh, and this, um, it's really interesting because, it, it, like, it spells out like the protocol that Eliza is engaging at this particular stage in the conversation. Right, right, right. So it'll be like, uh, what is it? Like intervention is one of them or like challenge. Um, It has certain prompts it uses. Yeah, so like uh, in the first session, um, we get this um, that just depression guy, right? Like he's uh, he's very down. He's a... you know, uh, and, and as Eliza's prompting for this, like, why do you feel so down? He's like, well, there's no future, greed, cruelty, alienation. It's it's all stuff that resonates very strongly. But um, yeah, you get that debug readout of like phase phase equals discovery, phase equals intervention, phase equals recommendations. And like um, picking out the keywords, right? The little sort of like uh, doom and then in brackets negative and then minus two and this sort of thing. Um, you can see oh, it's, you it's can so see it's interesting. Down, right? Um well, it, it is, and it it's it is in a in a way, but it also that that text log also makes it transparent how like this is kind of like a Bayesian process that it's going through, right? Like it's kind of just like averaging out answers and stuff, like because it it will code something as negative 
because in the most conventional sense that word is negative, but then maybe when you as a human being interpret the conversation, you can see that like the, the, the actual sense of the word in the context of the conversation is not the same as what Eliza registered. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, um, it's in this first session, it's, it's, it's initially comes across quite impressive. It's like, Oh, well, look at all this debug output. But yeah, as you said, there'll be a, there'll be a line like, oh god you know i had an awfully good burger or whatever and it's like it'll pick up on the word awful and like assign negative seven points to it or something and it's just like this is actually not that good um and that that ties (laughs) in with that the the original 1966 eliza in that like that that program was initially a joke right it's just a bag of regexes that like then you know it's very basic semantic manipulation and like string manipulation stuff but it it it's weirdly effective. Like what, what they found was that when people actually sat down in front of it, they, they did feel better because it's very, it's strangely effective to hold, just hold a mirror up to someone and be like, why do you feel sad? And I was like, oh, why do you think that is? And, you know, this kind of thing. Strange, strangely effective. And like, but the, the same thing's going on here. Um, there's an, in, there's an interesting mirroring though, in that the original Eliza, the creator, didn't intend it to be a real thing. It was a kind of a joke. And he was surprised to learn that people were actually liking it. And he's like, whoa, that's weird. Like, it's it's supposed to be a transparently feeble attempt to just, like, mirror the responses, right? Whereas this character, Evelyn, she intended it to help people, but then when she sits in front of it herself, it's like, oh, this is kind of a sham, <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, she, well, like, we get into her motivations a little bit later in, in this, but... They're some. They're they're very complex, right? Like it, there's a lot of layers of nuance about like how she conceived of this program originally. Like yes, it was a therapeutic thing, but there's like a lot of caveats to that, and they have to do with like her personal psychological struggles and where she was in her life and all this kind of stuff, right? But you know the way that the company markets it is no, this is this is therapy, right? Scanda markets is that way. Um, um, and yeah, I was just going to say if, if anybody wants to try something like Eliza and like there's that Emacs uh, feature <laughs> you can use. The, to, the, uh, the pinhead mode or whatever it's called. Pinhead, <laughs> pinhead, uh, pinhead psychoanalyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to Eliza. Um, it's very cool. Yeah. But in this early session, we also get the kind of... Um, a glimpse of one of the sort of recurring themes here is that the the, the client's just kind of he's he sort of uh, his his his, spe- his speech sort of accelerates and he's just kind of like having a sort of mini breakdown and he sort of this sense like I, j- I just want her to say something you the person in front of me right now just just say something that isn't from the machine and of course you know she has to stick to the script because the, the UI of the game is is just presenting those options to you there's uh, there's nothing you can do so there's this this wonderful sort of unease and disconnect there. Um, and then at the end, after that, it's just like, oh, you know, I've got some recommendations for you. And it's like, I don't know, some, some fucking VR dolphin bullshit. And like, uh, diazepam is basically the prescription for everyone, um, which is awesome. Yeah. The, 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 it's amazing. Like how rote the answers are. It's just like, here are the drugs. Here is the app. Please come back. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's just the app, right? It's the same app on the phone that you use to like get the, the gigs, right? 
Um, you know, Happy Dolphin, play Happy Dolphin, or whatever it is. Yeah, there's all kinds of like ridiculous sounding apps that that the the um, Eliza program pres- uh, prescribes. It's like dolphins and then meadows and some other fucking nonsense. But uh, she does bring this up with Ray. It's like, hey, you know, um, and then Ray is like, oh, you know, because this is this is clear, clearly sort of insufficient. And it's like Ray is like, oh yeah, I think I think like external care referrals were a feature on the roadmap. You know, <laughs> that, that kind of classic startup word. Um, but I, I don't know what happened to that. You know, it's just like oh, it fell off the yeah. fucking agile, agile Gee. grid or whatever. Yeah. Um, Gee, I wonder why they th- this this company would not be interested in referring people to a therapist. Who could say? Yeah. So there, there's that, right? There's, there's keeping <laughs> keeping them on the hook for you know. Well, if they're still ill, they'll still have to come to us. But I think there's also that um, you get the sense that this is definitely just like a heat sink for all of society's problems, right? Because this this is a fucked up society mm-hmm. that they live in in this in this in this fiction. It's a fucked up society we live in out of the fiction as well. But. Um, there's there's a lot of this kind of thing of like oh well you know the world has a mental health crisis and clearly a startup with a cool app is is the way to go right like um and it's it's just kind of a dump for all of the all of the the bad shit like this this guy clearly needs real help but it, this this is acting as a heat sink to prevent the help from ever happening right um, yes yes uh, which um, is dreadful. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah, and it, you you can see like in the Eliza uh, text log how like when confronted with like agitated behavior, because this thing also like measures the like vital signs of the person that's being uh, therapized, right? Um, and uh, they uh, like when confronted with uh, like agitated behavior, it has like specific fallbacks that it does in order to contain that outrage right it's a it's a homeostatic limiter right um yeah yeah that's right um we got a second session with this another recurring character uh, maya um and it's now you start to see the pattern here it's the same chit chat shit from eliza about the weather the same like set phase equals discovery um stuff and you're just kind of repeating stuff back at her and her trick is that like she's all nerves and anxiety about her career she's an artist but you know it's not really it's not really happening she's going all these engagements but nobody's really picking up her work you know the the usual sort of failing artist stuff um big big hints of imposter syndrome there and this is really hit home as well (laughs) you know yeah this was a big mood this was all a big mood (laughs) absolutely this is like oh my god oh what what does it say that I, i identified with pretty much every single one of these patients except for the major guy you know (laughs) no it's like it's 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 an intense game to play through because um these uh these these character sketches are very insightful and like raw um and and it's like yeah you're setting like you know it, it it's based on a very um well-constructed sort of gloss of where society is at right now and and the kinds of people that are struggling with uh this reality it's very sharp it really is it's very very sharp yeah and it's 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 like sitting through a therapy session with like a character represents some aspect of your life is just like oh, oh it's rough especially when the therapy is shit (laughs) especially when it's just a fucking chat bot Um, (laughs) Um, 
But uh, the the last major event then of chapter one is uh, meeting up with this old friend Nora at a cafe, um, and we're, this is where we start to piece together some of the backstory, right? That like Nora's asking, like, oh well, you know, does do the people at the new office know? You know, that's left hanging. It's like, no, not yet. You know, it's like, what what should they know? Like, give me give me the tasty treat, right? Like, I want to I want to know what's going on here. Um, and uh, you know you get you definitely get a lot of these allusions to like her her sort of traumatic depression uh, just span of time right the three years she's kind of been sort of off the grid and um, you know it's nice nice to see her it's nice to see you back on on the scene Evelyn this sort of thing we we get sort of mentions of some of the other characters that are coming up here like uh, this this guy Soren right like uh, he's kind of a you get the impression it was it was an old boss or an old colleague you know he's a bit a bit of a creep in this sort of thing. Um, Nora is a great character. She's she's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, really, uh, really fun uh, character. Uh, basically, on the level, um, you know, like quit quit her job at Skanda uh, is is working as a freelance coder slash uh, electronic music artist um, and uh, and DJ um, and. Uh, Seems to be the character is like most capable of actually caring about Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? she's she's the only like, one who has a deep seems to have the have begun the story with a deep emotional investment in Evelyn, right? Like she's the the only prior friend that's, yeah. that's around. Yeah, so she has that kind of uh, empathetic dimension, and then also that bohemian dimension, right? Like what she represents is bohemia. Right, it's 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 a uh, escape from uh, the square world, and you know, go out and do cool art shit. Um, that's that's her 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 decision uh, in reaction to uh, the terrible work environment that she had in the tech industry. Um, yeah, which uh, I guess that that gives you um, it gives you the, the trifecta right of, of reactions to shitty work in the tech industry right like you on the one hand you have Damien who's worked to death you then you have Nora who who kind of bombs out in in um, uh, kind of exuberant fashion right like she just leaves because it's it's something that um, she's she's decided she's sick of and Evelyn who bombs out for a different reason it's just com- uh, total burnout and uh, and a sort of traumatic reaction to Damien's death um, yeah and I think probably an important thing to mention in relation to that is that um, you know, we've talked talked a lot about sort of like labor organizing in the tech industry and um, all kinds of association, uh, solidarity, that kind of stuff. Um, none of that is presented as a possibility in this game, right? It, it, it's it's extremely individualistic in the way that it treats uh, people's re, uh, relationships to each other. And that is definitely effective at um, conveying something about, like, you know, the atomized neoliberal hellscape we live in. Uh, But one of the sort of baseline premises for this game is that organizing to change the tech industry is impossible. That's just barred as a possibility um, in the fiction here. And so, I mean, that's a major, like... (sighs) It, it it certainly complicates my 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 feelings about the game, um, but we might talk about that a little bit more in the conclusion. But just putting out there that like yeah, there's those three really there's those three uh, reactions to the tech industry that you could have. 
or you could organize, but that one isn't presented in this game. No, right? that's that's just just absent completely. Yeah. Um, Nora does give us the sort of push towards this uh, the opening of chapter two, which is to go and see Soren's uh, appearance at a, a conference. One One Mind Two Point or some bullshit like that. Yeah, One Mind Two Point escalating the wellness revolution. Mm. Mm. No, stop. <laughs> oh no. But um the the core of his talk is about like, well, you know, Eliza, you know, it's okay, whatever, but it has weaknesses, right? It's got data, but it's not knowledge. The model, yeah, all these kind of like these kind of problems, right? And like that um uh, it, it it isn't really treatment, right? That Eliza can't turn its observations into comprehensive treatment, right? As we've seen two two times in a row where it's like, oh here's here's VR dolphins and, and diazepam and that'll that'll get you going. So his his new thing is this like basically like direct brain stimulation <laughs> or like mind control. It's like, oh we're we're gonna do psychotherapy via induced dreams, right? Like and it's gonna eliminate all human suffering forever mm. and this kind of shit. It, it's it's not it's 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 control in the cybernetic sense of control, not control in the top down uh, brainwashing type of control yeah so it's it's basically like um a reflexive system where like you can create <clears throat> it creates like a virtual reality that you experience in your mind and so you're basically able to artificially lucid dream your way into uh the end of suffering right uh yeah and the thing that it jumps to mind immediately is that somebody would immediately ask themselves, like, can it run Doom and get Doom to run on it? And then it's like, oh, clearly it's a it's a video game hyper violence fucking dream simulator. Yeah, and that's that's, yeah. that's how it would actually be deployed, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, so... Call, Call of Duty sixty seven or whatever fucking uh, with its, its its Epic Store DRM or whatever, whatever all this shit is, or fucking Steam installed in your dreams or something would <laughs> be the the way forward, right? Um, yeah, certainly. Like that doesn't come up in the game, but you can absolutely imagine the games industry being like, "Ooh, cool! Direct brain stimulation." Uh, let's let's like you know, like Nintendo, Sony, and uh, Microsoft each each of them come up with an incompatible uh, software platform for uh, your your direct brain stimulation. Oh no! Uh, oh. <laughs> so. So Evelyn kind of leaves like this. This is just this is looking very dystopian. Uh, runs into this guy Rainer in the the in the lobby. He's he's the current CEO of Skanda. Um, I'm not sure when this is pieced together, but like Soren was the former sort of lead of the Eliza slash Skanda kind of thing. Rainer's the new guy. Uh, Soren seems to have been pushed out to some extent. Um, well, Rainer was always the money guy in the background. Okay, but he had very little to do with the project until like it was near being able to be like monetized, right? Uh, and and Soren was the project lead. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes that makes more sense. Um, but th these these are two, these are two people who are set up in opposition to each other. Um, it's not a coincidence that they're introduced so early in chapter two in in sort of uh, a pair. So there's in between these kind of things, there's there's often little pings on your phone, and you you can check them optionally, right? Like anytime you get a plot important text from a friend, such as Nora, it'll it'll actually interrupt, like it'll pop up for you. Um, 
But some of the optional stuff like emails you receive are, are optional. You can click through them. Uh, at this point, I clicked through and found like a horrifying email about like an article that had just been published with uh, like they're planning to introduce Eliza to schools like high oh, schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a feeling I missed other horrifying <laughs> fucking emails. But uh, yeah, the, you, you get these tasty little treats occasionally in the game. It's like, oh, wow, this is nice uh, background uh, background storytelling. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because like, um, okay, so th- I think that one in particular is coming to you through the Skanda employee app. Oh, right, right, right. right. It's like, a, it's like a, a presser that comes out to the employees. And... Uh, Eliza, instead of being deployed with proxies, um, is being rolled out to schools as a smartphone app because that means it's easier to get uh, kids to participate in it. And you cut down on the labor Uh, cost as well, right? And actually, I think that Evelyn at some point in the game mentions that uh, she had thought that, you know, there would be sort of like multiple interfaces for Eliza and like text would be one of them. So this was... Kind of what Ella, uh, sorry Evelyn had in mind, but like it's also um, not it, it, like I don't think it was this like horrific corporatized like hey like you know it wasn't enough that uh, we made uh, slot machine apps to give to all your children. Uh, now we're going to make an abusive counselor app <laughs> that uh, traumatizes yep. them for the rest of their lives. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh no! Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but like you can absolutely imagine this, right? Because it's like you know, you think about like when Chromebooks got uh, created, and then Google was like pushing them out to schools, right? Like it's it feels so reminiscent of that, or like back in the day when Apple did that mm-hmm. with like pushing apples into schools, or Microsoft making sure that like you know everything was Windows and Office. Uh, throughout the education system like the way in which the education system is just like a very um convenient uh platform for these uh large tech firms to just like basically run uh unrestic- unrestricted uh social experiments on children <laughs> yeah um is is pretty amazing uh yeah the um it reminds me of um this is a tiny tangent but like it reminds me of um like mark fisher's thing i think in his thesis where um like because they're because they're so imaginative and like they're so able to believe that inanimate things have these um kind of animate characteristics that children are the kind of right and proper subjects of late capitalism that it's not an accident that so much of capital capitalism capitalist technology is oriented towards children because that's how they form subjects that are kind of pliant within the system um children really understand brands and brand identity yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no there's there's absolutely something to that right like there there's there's an obvious um there is an obvious infantilization that comes with uh like late capitalism right or or yeah like you know basically from the boomer generation onward like down to like the kawaii uh aesthetics (laughs) that come out of japan right and like the way that everything is turned into a game and like uh you know there's just there's just so many layers on which um we are uh, constructed as like childlike or adolescent uh, subjects in this in this form of capitalism, and basically, if you are no longer able to um, able to participate in culture in that childlike way, 
uh, you are basically social detritus, right? Like you just, you, you no longer have a lot of productive value anymore, right? So it gets to this like youth worship uh, and like a, that's institutionalized in like the job market and stuff too, right? So yeah, it's heavy, heavy stuff. Um, and just, yeah, like even the way that like brands create these like wacky identities to, to to talk to consumers right like there's something playful about that um as a as a communication strategy um which again gets back to this kind of like oh, we're just goofing around on the playground kind of stuff mm. yeah yeah totally we then get a couple of more sessions we're back at the office um one with this uh, this fellow gabriel um, who's about, about to become a father and he's very under a lot of stress, right? Like it's a lot of burnout and pressure and stuff like this and family conflict and so on. Um, this, uh, this again resonated pretty hard, <laughs> you know? Oh like, yeah. Um, no, this was, oh, this was a <laughs> lot. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Especially, especially where this story goes. It's just like, oh, oh God, yeah. my heart. It's, uh, it's pretty exquisite. Uh, there's a lot of this kind of, um, with Gabriel, there's a lot of that kind of like uh, toxically ma- toxically masculine sort of thing of like, uh, just shut up and take it sort of thing. Like, that's, that's what men do. You know, it's, it's my role to be under this kind of pressure. It's, it's my role to be like chewing my fucking cheek off with, with anxiety. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, so, but this is his first session. He'll, he'll come back a couple of times. Um, what's very notable here is, well, like, he... he even the way the the session ends, he's very much just left on his own, right? Like he he came in having like no support from his family, uh, no support from anyone, and he he leaves in the same state because this is fucking worthless, right? This this the same like five stage process, this like bag of regex or whatever that that is at the core of the uh, the fucking pearl script that is Eliza, right? Like it's it's worthless. The the process I I have written down here because it gets sent out to you in like a one of those employee presser things. It's uh, the first stage is discovery. Uh, the second stage is challenge. Uh, the third stage is intervention, and the fourth stage is conclusion. So I mean, really, the the sort of core of uh, the efficacy of Eliza is it does that therapist thing of. Um, breaking the standard conversation format by challenging the person who is being therapized, right? Like the, the patient, right? Um, and that kind of like throws them back on their back foot and then they're like introspecting and and analyzing themselves. And then that means that the structure of the bot uh, as is like transparently uh, superficial thing is like basically forgotten or masked by that in introspection, that inward focus um, that that the bot imposes on the uh, subject. Uh, so, so yeah, that that's that's something you definitely see him go through. But then, yeah, the the conclusion is like, well, this is totally useless. Like, like because he's he's going through some really real stuff. And he just, he, it's just like, oh, here's uh, the VR experience, starry skies and some meds. That's it. <laughs> I feel like it's it's so um, close to just like, hey, look, if you want to feel better, go home, play Quake and drink. It's pretty much what they're recommending, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, totally. 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 Get get your gamer fuel and your game and, and just 
just escape from reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get another session with Maya, uh, where it's, it's kind of de- developing her thread a little. Um, again, the career anxiety, but particularly around, uh, it, there's a lot of anxiety around this, like uh, the social interactions, like he, she's putting herself out there and nobody's responding. There seems to be a Huge lot of focus on uh, Twitter, right? And mm-hmm. like on uh, social media presence. Yeah. Yeah. I think she she definitely resents the kind of rat race and the kind of uh, the, what we mean. She even uses the term the popularity contest of it all. Um, there's a there's a it's maybe not quite so obvious in this session, but there's a as as her thread develops, there's a deep burning resentment of the kind of the fact that it's not actually a kind of meritocracy, right? Like her art doesn't pass on its own merits. There's this monkey game of like going and talking to people and kind of. Going along with the little, oh, yeah, nice to see you, and this, all this kind of shit um, in the art world, uh, which she, she fucking despises. Um, and, hey, I, I'd hate it, too, because, <laughs> you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's not great stuff. But uh, Yeah, I think there's very few people who actually like that. There's <laughs> uh, just people who benefit from it more and people who benefit from it less. But, yeah, it's like, you know, she sort of, like, recites a lot of these things that you'll see on, like... Uh, kind of like content mill sites uh, online, like the five ways to kickstart your creative career and this kind of shit, right? Like, like, oh, you've got to be like networking and stuff. Like, you know, this like the, what is it? The, the, the startup of you, uh, this entrepreneurship, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, hustle, 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 um, kind of like meritocratic nonsense. Uh, which like you got to participate in if you are existing in these spaces, right? Like I, like I, I make tabletop role-playing games and that's just one creative space. It's just the same as all the other ones. Um, and they all have these dynamics and they're all structured by, uh, you know, obviously, uh, various forms of structural oppression, uh, you know, uh, class inequalities, um, hugely important, uh, and uh, then uh, also just the ways in which these platforms uh, engineer conversations to be maximally profitable for them, right? Um, and 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 Maya is like resentful of the whole thing, uh, understandably, <laughs> because <laughs> yep. it, like it, it's it's not getting her anywhere. It's like that sort of horrible tension of having like this this incredible pressure to perform entrepreneurship at the same time that you're just like staring out on this like void of rejection. Mm, absolutely. Um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a really, really stressful dynamic, right? Um, yeah, totally. It's uh, again, this, all this resonates a bit too much because uh, it, it reminds me a lot of, um, I mean, I, I wasn't like in, in music for very long. I did my sort of, undergrad stuff and audio engineering and stuff but like just being being kind of in that and around that and it was like there's a lot of that it's just this artist thing right like it's um it's so familiar mm-hmm. the next session introduces us to a character which i love uh holiday is this this lovely old lady why is she even here <laughs> like it's uh she just oh uh, well she she represents like the like she represents the social damage that the tech industry does oh totally right but like in, in fiction, why is why does she come here? Yeah, or why why is she here? 
Well, because she's incredibly lonely. Uh-huh. That's why. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't remember. She wants somebody. She wants somebody to talk to. That's yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah. Like I don't think she she straight up says that, but it's very obvious in the way that she speaks that this is coming. Like this is somebody who has not been exposed to human conversation to like a reasonable degree in a very long time, and like when when you meet people like that. They just want to talk and talk and talk and talk to an uncomfortable degree, right? Because they've been so starved for conversation. Mm. And she, she she does that with a plum in this in this conversation. So she, like it, it opens with the whole thing of like, oh well, you know, I, I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, and it's like I'm I'm not really I'm not really crazy. You know, there's there's a lot of people out there. They really need the help, but no, not me. And this kind of thing. I, I, I just smoke a bit. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of getting a bit pricey. But you know, it's uh you know, one of my neighbors. You know, they had um they they had a little bit of despair. It just keeps going on and on. She's talking about like a guy that was on the bus, and then there's a dog, and then there's just so much other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's great. But like Eliza cannot keep up with this whatsoever. Like if you yeah. watch the debug output on the left, it's just like it's just not getting anything. And we, we do get a lot of that kind of stuff of like you know the the gentrification, right? The the, the Google bosses or whatever. And then and then she's on to past life regression, which Eliza still doesn't understand. And then it's on to something else. Um, really, it, it, she's a great character. She's like this this person with so much history, so much. I, w- I would absolutely love to just sit down with her and be like just. Yeah, just just let it all fucking out because I just I want to hear everything she has to say. But um, <laughs> yeah. Eliza Eliza's got to do the same fucking five step thing, right? Like, and uh, eventually recommend her what fucking morphine and the the, the meadow app or something um, for for the end. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, she's like like when she gets recommended the app, she's like, uh, my phone's broken. Yeah. Which um, is- Classic, then, classic old lady move. Like that, 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 that just this. I, I can, I, I can, I already know this person, right? Like it's, she's so real. Yeah, and she, and she won't have a, she doesn't have a computer either, right? Like that's another line that comes up, of like. Yeah, it's like maybe I could go to the library, kind of thing. Yeah, and and it's like you know this is just coming from like intense destitution, right? Like you know she puts on a brave face, but her life is falling apart. Yeah. Um, There's a very interesting bit at the end where, um, again, Eliza, I, I'm making shit up with that uh, morphine or whatever. Eliza recommends very specific psychiatric drugs that, like, it's not like she's giving a prescription, or she, it's a fucking AI. It's not like the AI is giving a prescription. They're recommending that you go to your doctor and ask for this. Very specific thing. And Holiday's like, oh, but what, what was that? What was the name of that thing? And then Eliza just moves on to the concluding statement of like, oh, good day. We'll see you again next week. And and she's like, she guesses what the name was. It was like, oh, Silo Subich, whatever. Oh yeah, I, I, I can remember that or whatever. And it's just like, Ooh, it's just wonderful, right? Like this, this Eliza shit simply doesn't work, right? Like, but this is, and Holiday is the one who breaks it completely. Like it is just in in bits on the floor uh, at the end of this session. Oh, wonderful! Right, right, because because like there is a certain way in which her sort of rambling conversation about the things she's seen and what she experienced and like what's going on it breaks the kind of like narcissistic assumptions that are built into the Eliza app. Yes. 100%. Like Eliza just can't cope with it because it doesn't, it's not an extremely like self-centered introspective conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I've noted somewhere in the notes that like Eliza is kind of 
it's playing its best when it's dealing with like millennial depressives like like Maya or whoever where it it's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's there, there's um there's a certain low variety sort of like pe- people who've been ground down so far that like their um the all their variety has been attenuated to the point where they are actually quite predictable and Eliza can deal with that but yeah Hol- holidays off the fucking scales it's just like there's yes. no there's no way she could ever fit into this <laughs> paradigm yeah the um, the other thing to mention about her is that um she has lived in Seattle for a long time. Like you get the sense that like, I guess she's like a like boomer kind of generation, like probably like has been here since like the 70s, 60s, something like that. Um, And, uh, you know, she's seen the city change and she represents like what Seattle used to be before all of this tech stuff. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, super recognizable any anywhere in the world that has even the slightest sort of uh, gentrification going on. So our, our next scene then is meeting Soren at a, at a restaurant. And this is kind of just... Um, a lot of the pitch here is that, like, he wants you to get on board for this new venture. Uh, but this is where we start hearing about Damien, right? Like, and there's, there's, a, there's a wonderful little bit here, like... Um, of like, oh, you know, it's understandable. You had to take take some time out, you know, and you know, do do his memory right, you know. And it's like, who's on Damien? And it's like the ambient music just cuts, and it's it's just oh, wonderful. Um, so we're getting these little hints of there's some something went on here, right? There's there's a trauma involving this Damien character that we don't know yet, um, and. Uh, n- What's happening is that, like, Evelyn is being headhunted by Soren and will be headhunted, headhunted by Rainer. And a lot of these kind of conversations, she's very non-committal. It's like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this sort of thing. Um, but she's offered a demo um, for, you know, for later in the game, right? Like, to, to come and see, right? Like, just see the technology, see the, the dream stimulation thing and, um, and see what's going on. They then transition to, uh, to going to Nora's show, right? That... Um, after this dinner, uh, uh, Nora has a show on at a, uh, a venue called uh, Jouissance. And Soren is like, he, he acts kind of weird and coy about it. He's like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of a strange club. You know, I don't know if you'll be into it. And she's like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, it's like a bondage team sort of thing. And then they show up and it's not. It's just a fucking rat hole fucking like techno bunker, <laughs> you know. And she's like, why did you think this was a BDSM club? And he's just like, oh, no, I, don't, I don't know. I just, and he excuses himself and hits on some fucking randos, right? Like he's just yeah. like bothering some women at the bar, right? Like, what a guy. <laughs> like, what a fucking guy. <laughs> there is, um, there's like, he says that like, maybe they, they have like, like they only do the BDSM stuff sometimes. Like on the weekends or something, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's maybe he's been here before for that. It's not really clear. But, like, also, like, there's a there's just, like, a, a like a very convincing portrayal in Soren of, like, like just a, a dude who does not respect women's boundaries, right? Like, at all. Like, he just, he cannot help himself because he's a broken person, right? Like... He is a complete mess, and he tries to escape from his problems through uh, drinking. He's an alcoholic, uh, but also through uh, womanizing uh, and just just being like way too much. Just just way too much. He's just like he's always like he's always skirting the edge of just being like very. Uh, 
Like, it's always uncomfortable with mm-hmm. Soren. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, there's always an undertone of sexual harassment in every conversation you have with him. and Barely and, under that threshold. Uh, Barely. Yeah. Well, and, and, and Evelyn is just constantly, like, asserting boundaries. And, like, he's constantly testing them. Right? Like, th- that, that is the kind of dynamic. And it's like... There's a... Um, yeah, go ahead. There's, like, a, there's a bit here where it's like, oh, you know, because uh, they're listening to Nora on stage, right? She's uh, she's up on stage. She's doing the, um, the, 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 the ambient music changes in accordance with this. Um, but Soren's like, oh, you know, she has a very interesting s- stage name, uh, Little Sappho. You know, you know what that... Do, do you know what that means? And, she, and, like, one of Nora's... or Not Nora, but Evelyn's options is like, of course I fucking know what that means. Like, don't be so patronizing. Um... Like shutting. Well, it yeah, down. because he he phrases it in a like extremely condescending way of like, well, I I am the professor, like I know Greek mythology, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like I know so much more than you, um, and it's also like very clearly like him uh, trying to angle in for a threesome. Like it's it's just like. Oh, this guy is so hard to be around Soren. <laughs> yep. He's uh he's testing. Very, very testing character. Thankfully he's not on screen all that much. <laughs> yeah. But like very, very believable though, right? Like cause he represents the way in which like uh people with money and connections just are like serial harassers in the tech industry. He's right? he's an older guy as well, right? Like it's um he's 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 very much a type, right? Like you can you you can see the straw man taking form in your head, right? Like you you just know who this person is. Like there's a there's a sense memory that's been repressed of like encountering this person in the wild before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that 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 weird convergence of gross academic dude with gross tech dude <laughs> that you get with Soren. <laughs> yep. Um, we get a different kind of gross dude, though, in Chapter 3, uh, where we go to meet Rainer at the Skanda offices. Um, this guy is an absolute fucking reptile. <laughs> he's just, he's he's so bad, but, like, in such a different way. Like, um, God, I, I fucking oh, hate him. He, he, he definitely reads less wrong. There's mm-hmm. no fucking question in my oh, mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> um, is, this is, like... Yeah, right, right in the pocket for that kind of like Landian kind of Rocco's Basilisk sort of less wrong kind of tech, t- uh, just fucking tech guy. <laughs> God damn. Like, again, a sense memory of encountering these people like in the wild, right? <laughs> yeah, like he's um, so he's like the, the CEO of Skanda, uh, ludicrously wealthy. I think he comes from old money. It's, it's said at some point. Um, so like, he's like one of these like VC guys who came into tech, like was, did not come up through tech, but came into Mm. tech. Um, he's got like Peter Thiel vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just ice cold, like sociopath. Um, uh, and like basically has that kind of charisma of like, I am so certain about what I believe and I have this vision and it's bigger than any of us, and you just need to get on board. Um, and yeah, like aesthetic wise, like he's got all the uh, like uh, um, uh, ink ink paintings on the wall, the wall scrolls, right? And then you know, f- fine uh, fine Chinese and Japanese pottery uh, is obsessed with poetry. 
uh, you know, considers himself to be like, you know, an aristocrat of the mind as well as uh, just above all the hoi polloi, right? Like he's, he's, he is, uh, oh, he's a lot. Uh, yeah. But he's, he's trying to get Evelyn back on board as well, right? Like um, to come back to the project and to, to take it over for the kind of the next great leap forward, which I don't think we're introduced to here yet. But he's, he's kind of really trying to rope her in with this curiosity of brilliant engineers and, oh, you know, the, I don't know, all those kinds of appeals. So we've got, we, she's being pulled in two different directions by these yeah, like, just grotesques. Basically, like, don't you want to, like, change history? Mm. Don't, that, don't you want to be a part of something huge, you know? What's that Steve Jobs bit where he's like, oh, put a put a dent in the universe or some shit like that, yeah. Yeah, that he's, he's definitely got a lot of Jobs energy mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, um, big Jobs energy. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like he um, he also uh, he, he talks about Soren and sort of gives his read on Soren like that, like and it, it, he's got that kind of like I have everyone, everyone's personality nailed. Right. Like I, I just I, I can read people and I can use people and I know how to do that perfectly. Yeah. <sighs> Everyone's just a pawn on his chessboard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. as, as will become more more apparent, right? Um, we're we're brought down to the basement, uh, the, the I guess the the server farms or the kind of research facility um, to, for a little look around, and we meet this guy Erland, who's the the current chief engineer. Um, he's he's a kid. He's he's like fucking nineteen or something, um, and he's he's kind of starstruck, right? Like, oh shit, this this is the Evelyn, right? Like the oh, the original systems here, right? At the core. We've got a lot of uh, you know plumbing layered around it, but you know all of your code's still there, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, there's there's these telling sort of lines here that like none of us really understand what's going on in there, right? Like this is this is an inherited like legacy system because the original like power team uh, dissipated after the death of well one of the power team. And I I think that uh, Evelyn has a reflection here about how Eliza used to run on her laptop, and she's like, why do they need all these servers? Like what's going on? Because like. This is just a chat bot. It doesn't need like, you know, a NSA grade server farm to run it. Like what what is all this about, right? And it's all um yeah, I mean, we will find out later it's all for this kind of like it's it's scaled up in all these kinds of uh, rather hor- horrifying ways, right? Um big surveillance nightmare NSA. Um but there's, there I think there's a really fun interaction here where um it's something about like the whole the, the the proxies, right? Like she's a super effective proxy. They've been keeping an eye on her stats for the sessions. She's weirdly effective at that, and I think Erland frames this as a sort of problem, right? Because the objective is that they would be able to smooth over the human differences between proxies. Um, and that, like, our aim is to provide quality care for everyone, regardless of any differentiating factors. Yeah. This is, he is, he is, he is so, so that kind of young tech guy, sort of vulgar rationalist kind of thing, right? Where, oh, this, it's, it's like what, um, what Tina talked about and what I think Pickering talks about a little bit, where in the kind of mainstream kind of scientific kind of ideology of our age, Difference and variation are seen to be deviations from a ideal norm, right? That the, the variations between sessions and the variations between people are 
kinks to be smoothed out, that it's, it's, it is possible to approach perfection. Whereas Evelyn has probably the other sort of vibe on this where no, the, the differences are what matter. The variation is the thing that matters, not the ideal central sort of uh, ideal subject or whatever. There's something really wonderful about this exchange, right? Yeah, and there's a way in which Erlen reads the imperatives of Skanda in the most charitable way possible, which is like assuring, uh, you know, like uh, reliably effective care, uh, regardless of the proxy. Whereas, uh, you know, if you really think about it for a second, the reason why they're shooting for that is so that um, their proxies will be even more interchangeable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And like, it's a labor it, it, issue. It will be, yeah, it's a labor <laughs> issue. This is like one. There's a huge like labor issue at the background of this, which is that this is this is about de-skilling therapists, right? Like that. That is one of the major things going on with Skanda and with Eliza. But uh, we'll we'll catch up with Erland again later. We're uh, we're then back in the counseling center uh, talking to Ray, where Evelyn comes clean about her history in this thing, right? And and Ray is like actually quite understanding, right? She's she's like, oh well, you know, it makes sense. You'd want to do like you know on the ground research, right? Seeing through the user's eyes, um, and she's you know she's really kind of gushing about this, right? Like it's um, she's 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 really pleased to be able to work with this uh, this sort of rock star of the. Um, of the uh, of the the early project, yeah, she's like definitely a fan of Skanda. Like, like she has a, a fan mentality, right? Um, and yeah, just just saying, oh, you you worked with Rainier, like, but like, it, there's also like a a definite like there is a way in which like when she interacts with Evelyn, um. Oh, there's there's like a really interesting dynamic where Evelyn, um, because she is a depressive person, because she has imposter syndrome, uh, because she's coming off of like really intense depression, um, she tends to like and and also just because I get the sense that like she doesn't necessarily come from like the most privileged background, but ever since she went to college, like the, I, the, the sorts of struggles that normal working people have, have kind of been like intangible to her. Right. Like, because she's this, this, this superstar coder, like she just operates at a level of, uh, social privilege that somebody like Ray couldn't even begin to, aspire to right and like evelyn just kind of treats this as matter of fact because she's self-loathing right like she doesn't she can't own like i guess she doesn't have like uh trying to struggle for like what the kind of virtue is that like where you can accept your position in society but not flaunt it right like she can't do that because she's so self-loathing and then on the other side, it's like Ray has this kind of like fan re- reaction to Evelyn, but it's also concealing the extent of her like class resentment. Because again, like this, she's just kind of always like poking Evelyn, like, you, you know, you should be more proud of like the things that you've done and the people that you know, because like somebody like me who's hustling like every day as hard as I can is like it is 
absolutely beyond the realm of possibility that someone in the capitalist class like Rainer Sai would ever consider me to be anything other than an ant. You know, absolutely, yeah. I, I really like Ray as a character for that, right? She's in a very important corrective for the other characters who are all of this kind of reified, um, or rarefied kind of strata of, of either VC scumbag kind of layers or uh, tech entrepreneurs or or just kind of superstar co- coders. Like Ray does help to ground that uh, quite a bit and and provides some very important sort of um, uh, counters to, uh, to to some of Evelyn's tendencies. Absolutely. We get two sessions then back to back with new characters. Um, we've got this guy, Mark, who's like super gruff and shitty. He's just like, he's been sent into the, the therapy thing oh, because Mark. of like anger management issues. Like HR has sent oh. him in and he's, he's just not, he's not playing ball oh, at all. Mark. You know, his, his whole shtick is that he's, he's an old fucking, he's, he's an old timer from the kind of, um, the, the real, the real trenches, right? You know, back, back in the day when we, we really had to fight to make these companies work, right? And um, he just, he just resents the, the, the snowflakes, right? You know, they, you got to be nice to them these days and he's, he's no time for that. So, uh, yeah, really, really wonderful sort of uh, portrayal of that kind of scumbag, oh, right? You know? We, like, we all know, mm-hmm. we all know Mark. The old timers, right? right? Like, the bad kind of old timers, like not the not the nice Unix graybeards who uh, who teach you how to use awk or something like that. These are the these are the guys who are just like fly off the handle at any fucking uh, opportunity and uh, and get into trouble with HR. Yeah, because he's like so like he even talks about like the kinds of products he shipped, and it's like you know like I made the best goddamn filing application yeah. ever shipped. It's all like invoicing apps and shit like that. Right, like it's this real like nine, 90s, 90s model of like business apps that he's developed. He's an Oracle guy. That's what's going on here. He's a fucking Oracle oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, 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 he's 100% a Java <laughs> programmer or somebody who uses .NET excuse, exclusively, right? Uh, it's, it's line of business. Yeah. But it's, it's, he's so proud of it, right? And it's this, um, he has this kind of mix of this, like, yeah, completely, like, focused on the tech and the business and the, the bottom line, you know, that kind of stuff. And this internalized trauma, like, he's got this siege mentality going on. Like, you can you can tell he's basically got, like, fucking, like, Vietnam shell shock going on from from those, like, heady days of the, of the 90s Oracle, Java, fucking of, of just building invoicing apps, you know? <laughs> absolutely sacrificing his life to this job, right? Yeah, and, but the the thing is, when he is like criticizing Eliza, he's entirely correct, <laughs> yeah, right? Like when he when he when he calls <laughs> like when he's like the results for this software are inconclusive, which like other people will not tell you, right? Like other people are going to lie about its uh, efficacy. Like somebody like Ray would would definitely have been lied to about it and would repeat that lie in like one hundred percent belief, right? That it was true. Uh, and when he says it's, it's snake oil, he's totally right. You know, like, but when, <laughs> like, it's, it's very funny, right? Because yeah. like, uh, he, he has an accurate assessment of the situation, but he's just such a broken person. Um, uh, and like, it's also very interesting the way in which, um, yeah, he, he represents this like nineties tech guy or like, you know, the, the kind of person like, um, I've just met, I've met so many people like this. So I, I, I think like, you know, a lot of like old, like sysadmins and stuff, you know, 
this real like just uh, aggressive masculinity and like they they absolutely do not fit into what tech has become thanks to like the integration of like marketing and like um, a whole bunch of like humanity stuff and like you know expensive architecture and lifestyle development and like all of this like really uh, sort of uh, sophisticated uh, market driven marketing driven but then also like um, just just like what what money has done to tech you know where it's gone from this kind of like engineering focus sort of uh like oh yeah you know we're just the sort of like low white collar workers like churning out product like we've got to make sure it's battle tested precise you know 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 the ropes i i'm like an artisan kind of thing to you know like just these these people who've come into the industry later where it's just like drowning in money and you have like people from much more privileged backgrounds coming in or just like the services being made necessary or made available to people in tech or even just being necessary to like sell themselves to be more urbane to, you know, like it's, it's like fucking uh, artisan donuts and craft beer as opposed to whatever, like, you know, Mountain Dew or whatever Mark used to drink, you know, black coffee, right? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, black coffee and Dunkin' Donuts donuts, right? Not, the, not this like, you know, $6 donut. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just just super interesting character as like a social commentary kind of thing. Um, any, any, I, I, I don't think we ever see him again. Do, do we ever see him again? No, he's just... No, no, no. You, 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 you get his resignation email uh, later on, and it's so good because he's like... He's like... Great. Uh, yeah, basically, he's like... Uh, like Rainier uh, thinks that uh, the backdoor to, like, the email server that I had from back in the day was closed. <laughs> but I still got it. Nice. And he just, like, you know, uh, posts this, like, uh, extremely, like, toxic rant about the business uh, and how he's leaving the company. So, yeah, like, he, he's sort of brought in here for, like, emergency therapy by Eliza. But he's a hopeless, he's a, he's a hopeless case, right? Because... Because he just doesn't fit into the managerial and HR culture of like, you know, uh, as a coder, like a high performance coder, you are coddled uh, and treated like um, this kind of precious asset and just given like respect and room and like the very much more modern HR sort of philosophy of like, you know, we need to develop the the capacities of our employees rather than like disciplining them like a military unit, right? Um, and until the point when you're just dumped, right? <laughs> like, like it's like, oh yeah, you're precious until you're worthless, yeah. right? Like that's that's kind of more the modern uh, tech thing. Well, that's it for this episode. Join us again next time when we conclude our discussion of Eliza. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at GIAUnitPod. We're on Facebook. We're on all the podcasting apps. So like, rate, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash generalinsightunit and throwing us a couple of bucks a month. At the $5 per month level, you'll get access to our community discord. 
This show is part of the Emancipation Network, a Marxist podcast network and research collective. So go to emancipation.network and check out our sister shows from Alpha to Omega and Swampside Chats. There's some really great shows with some really great folks. You may have noticed that our recent release schedule has been a little bit slower than usual. Things have been a little bit crazy, but don't worry, we've got some big stuff planned for next year, and we are, as always, dedicated to producing an excellent show for you all. As always, thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. 